Alright, so last week a friend of mine posted a video on their TikTok and it was deleted for content violations, but when it was re-uploaded, it went viral. And in it, it showed Alex Marshall Brown, a young black woman, sitting on the lawn of a church in North Hollywood. And a group of church volunteers came outside and drilled a no trespassing sign to the tree she was sitting under. And one man looked at her and shouted, all lives matter. So I seriously doubt these church members are subscribers to the Dirty Girl podcast, but I just wanted to take like a quick moment to explain why All Lives Matter is racist. So Black Lives Matter is against racism and systemic injustices against the black community. Black Lives Matter movement is not about minimizing the worth of other ethnic groups. It's about highlighting a specific issue. Uh, yelling all lives matters just shows a full misunderstanding of what BLM is working for and fighting against, and it creates an absurd false equivalence. Uh, it also diminishes the plight of an entire community that has suffered incredibly violent subjugation and continues to face both overt and covert racism today. So, I want to say, oh, hold for barks. Hold for barks. Trying to record and it's a goddamn kennel up in here. You hear the shushing? You hear that? You like that? <sighs> this is absurd. This is so long. <laughs> oh, oh, we're not done. We're not done. These dogs are shouting. Black Lives Matter. They support the BLM movement. We're going to try that again. Thank you so much to that church for apologizing. I can't, I can't do this. I have to redo it. Thank you to that church for apologizing for the incident after the internet dragged you and protesters showed up on your lawn. And thank you for inviting Alex inside to have a conversation, though there's still a lot of work to be done before lasting meaningful change happens. Today on Dirty Girl, we are continuing to amplify Black voices by sharing an interview with Tamara Perry. I met Tamara at AMAW, the acting studio I attended. According to her Instagram bio, she is a curator of love and purveyor of magic. I can personally attest to that. She's incredible. Every word that comes out of her mouth is brilliant. Uh, how is your heart? My heart is, uh, you're already gonna make me cry, is that, is that what this is a part of, you know? This is a thing? Yeah, I mean, my heart is, it's heavy, it's good, it's light, it's angry, it's in love, it's, you know, I think a bevy of things, a bevy of emotions, it's kind of just like this cornucopia of like, <gasps> all the things. And I think with everything that's been going on with the Black Lives Matter movement, finally feeling as a Black woman, like I'm able to, I'm able to actually have a voice. I'm able to actually like have my emotions and feelings and have them be supported where people are asking me, is this correct? Is this okay? Do you approve of this? Versus like, this is what they need. Here, let me do this. Da -da 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 -da. Like actually giving the people that have never had the option to have that option. It's very strange. It's uh, I'm still processing what that means to me. And even being a biracial woman, you know, whether, you know, 
feeling like I was outcast from the white community and as well as the black community and really trying to find my voice. You know, where do I stand in this? I most definitely have, have experienced, you know, I, 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 racism. Like I tell my students, I'm like, yo, I never realize that I'm black until I'm reminded. Like I remember this one time I was, I think I was living in Montrose and, uh, <laughs> and I was just getting stuff out of my, out of my car and this white couple rolled up on me and they, I mean, this was years ago. And, um, and they were like, do you need help? And I said, oh no. Like, I thought they were like gonna like try to help me move my stuff out. I was like, oh no, no, okay, cool. Like, no, no, at all. And um, they, the guy goes, cause we thought we, you were breaking in to the car. And, and the wife was like mortified. She's like, no, 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 we, no, no, no. And I just was like, like, I didn't even know what to say. I go, oh, okay all right, sorry. Like I'm apologizing for their racism. And then I went inside just started bawling hysterically. Cause I was like, I thought I was breaking in my own car and was so blatant about it. Like we just thought, we just assumed that that's what you were doing because you are black in a white neighborhood. And I was like, that's so nuts, but just like not, and I'm always apologizing for my existence. So I think now there's something that's happening with this movement where I'm feeling like I belong. Cause I've never felt like I belonged. And so I don't know. I mean, I know I'm saying a lot, but it's it's been a lot. And it's been really interesting finding my voice, finding an identity. Who am I? Where do I stand in this? Um, and having the option to speak out and have rage. And yes, what I've experienced from white people and black people, you know, and the majority of white people, you know, just the rage that I've felt towards them um because of what i've experienced but not feeling like it's okay it's okay for me to talk about it i'm like that's it's racism why is it okay for me to talk about it and i was like that's the problem right there you know nobody's dealing with america's original fucking sin and we're always like oh i'm sorry that we're gonna maybe hurt your feelings you know i'm sorry <laughs> for existing let me get out of the way let me be out of the way you know so i think it's just it's really an interesting dynamic and now now people uh that aren't black are like stop treating us unfairly and like we're animals and like i go oh welcome boo boo now everything's coming to a head and people are really finally dealing with it and that's where for me that's where the healing starts we just have these conversations it's going to be uncomfortable it's going to fucking suck but that's where the healing starts let's let's own up to it i saw this amazing video of you know these white christians i don't know religious group they were just they were they were kneeling and just asking for forgiveness from the black community and praying and i was like yes you know like they may not have done what their ancestors did but like nobody has dealt with this collective suffering and 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 trauma you know that we all feel here we wonder why we're on edge or it's it's our ancestors are still around and we haven't healed over that stuff especially in our country so just to see that I was like, that's where it starts. You know, it's not that one's better than the other. It's like, let's talk about what happened and the injustices and the abuse that we, that people of color, black people, brown people have, have, have experienced. All of us, people, anyone who just wasn't white, <laughs> right? So we're moving into this new era. The patriarchy is dying out. The matriarchy is, is coming in. But that's how human nature is, man. Even if we just look at nature in general, Whenever she's shifting, the shit is destructive. It's crazy. It's violent, you know, but that's what needs to happen for things to change. Shit has to break off, break away, you know? So that's what's happening right now. And even with this coronavirus, it's all for for forcing us into this collective, like one consciousness, you know, we're moving from, from me to we, right? We had to turn me upside down to get to we. Ooh, wait a minute. Wait a minute. That was some that was some mic drop shit. I don't even know where that came from. 
I went to the beach the other day too and I was like yo <laughs> I said I'm just speaking to mother and I was like girl I know I know you are so happy that you were taking a break from your ratchet ass kids just destroying your house <laughs> I was like I know that you are loving this vacation you know, she's going out there getting her, like, how Stella got her groove back, just, like, healing, feeling it out because the dumbass kids are, like, in lockdown and time out, not destroying the home, you know. So I just, it's, it's a time for all of us to just take a pause, reflect. Can you talk a little bit about, um, previously, you said the feeling of you weren't uh, allowed to feel this way or the rage that finally could come out? Uh, was that com- helping to come out when seeing other people when it was just like a big overflow? Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. I think it, when it when it first started happening, because like we've been here before, where like some shit happens, and then we you know we're down for for about a couple days. People are posting things up, blah blah blah, and then it goes away, and then just to see this continuation it's still happening and it's like continuing to happen like every day. There's stuff that's happening that's supporting. So like it was like this outpour of it, and I was like, wow. And then when I would talk about it, people were like, Cameron, you could say whatever you want. Like a lot of my white friends were like, say whatever you want. I'm here to listen. Hearing that, you know, I was like, oh, yeah, I've cried a lot. I've been angry. I've, you know, I've kind of gone through all the stages of like grief um, because it is, a, it feels like a mourning period, a mourning stage um, that I'm going through. And I think globally, we all are too. Um, yeah, yeah, it, it feels, it feels different. It feels like something's actually like changing and I've never felt that before through, uh, I, you know, cause it can constantly repeat itself, but I've never felt like, I think something's going to change, like actually shift for us as a whole. Can you, uh, talk more about your identity as a biracial woman. And you said there's, you know, a lot of stigma around that. Yeah. It's like not even being biracial, but also queer and, and my sexuality. And, um, I think being biracial, it's, it's like, it's always been this like fucked up thing. Cause like, Oh my God, like your hair and your skin and blah, 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 you look so beautiful, blah, blah, blah. but then being rejected by sometimes like by the black community, like, Oh, cause, cause I look a certain way. I don't, I don't talk in vernacular. I don't speak a certain way. So being rejected in that way, and the, but also not, not being accepted by the white community too. I mean, I remember the earliest memory was I, I wanted to share my graham crackers with this kid in like, I don't know, kindergarten? Because that's just my heart. He wanted more. And I was like, all right, man, you could have mine. And he was like, no, nah, because I don't want yours because you're black. And I was like, what? And that was where it started. But I was like, but I'm also, you know, like, so like I will never walk down the street and like a white person's like, you're white, you know, <laughs> like getting the nod of like, hey, we're the same, you know. I and and my mom used to say that I look at my palms and and say to her like, see, we're the same, because I just wanted to fit in because I didn't understand. And then people in the grocery aisles would ask if we're together. I'm like, bitch, I'm ten. Like, why wouldn't I be with her? <laughs> like, it's, it's so weird. I think now like. Now it's kind of a cool thing to be biracial, but back when I was growing up, it wasn't. I was always asked if I was adopted. Um, I was treated poorly. There's a lot of racism, you know, uh, that I experienced. Um, just even people just in the world n- not wanting, because interracial couples weren't cool. It wasn't like a cool thing to do, you know? Um, but I think just, 
and, and not feeling like you belong anywhere. Cause I was like, okay, I'm black and I'm white. What do I study? Do I study African-American? But I want to, but then I don't feel as black as I should be. You know, there's just like really kind of, I became a chameleon. And if you speak to a lot of biracial people like you do, you kind of become a chameleon because you're like, I could be anything you want me to be. Just don't ask me to be myself because I don't know what that is. I don't know what that means. You know, I mean, I tr I'm treated differently by black men because like, oh, you, you light skin. I want to have babies with you. So like, I'm like, well, no, like, and then sometimes black women were, black women were mean to me, which I hated because I felt like I missed out on having like a true black experience. Like I wanted to go to Howard. I wanted to go to like some sort of like black university because I, I felt like I personally missed out on that because I grew up in predominantly white neighborhoods and that was all fucked up too. People always wanted to touch my hair and like, and also not seeing it, but it had my body type. So I, I, my mind was just all fucking warped where I was like, okay, I'm this, but I don't look like this, but like, I'm, but I am that, but I'm not that. And I don't look the same. And my body is, is different. And like, I hated my curves. I hated everything about myself because also the women that I, that I did more identify with, they weren't always as accepting. <laughs> so I, I, I didn't really have like role models or anything. So I just really learned how to like, fit into any group like I was I was a I don't think I went goth but I was friends with the goth kids like I was a raver I was a fucking skater I was a punk I was a gangster I was like ska kid like I did I was a nerd I did all the things I, and I was super popular because I knew how to like make people laugh and be self-deprecating that was like how I got through high school but I just learned how to be everything and then I had like zero idea on how to be myself and like at the age of 35 I think it started where I was like I'm 37 now but where I really started going on this journey of like figuring out who I am. And it was awful. <laughs> it was just awful because I was like, what do I identify with? Who am I? What are my opinions about things? You know? So, it, and it led to a lot of like codependent relationships as well, you know, because it was always just trying to heal something that happened in my childhood and trying to figure out like, where do I belong? Have I experienced some, some privileges? I guess so. Maybe. Um, but it's still all the same, you know, um, cause there's also, there's, there's also racism in the black community where it's a dark skin versus light skin. And I fucking hate that. I'm like, why, why is that a thing? You know, all the rappers want a light skin girl. And I'm like, it, it just blows my mind. I'm like, you know, that you're also creating like this, this system of like racism within your own community too. And where the dark skinned girl isn't looked as beautiful when I find, I find her absolutely stunning. I, I just don't understand this idea of beauty and, and whatever that means. It just doesn't make sense to me. None of it makes sense to me. So yeah, <laughs> none of it makes sense. I'm like, yo, you guys, listen, we're out in space orbiting around a fucking star. We're orbiting around at like 70,000 miles per hour. And then we're rotating at a thousand miles per hour. Like a comet could come and blast our asses and we'd be extinct. And like, y'all are worried about this other stupid bullshit. Who gives a fuck? Like, this is, it's ridiculous. The things that we focus on, you know, the things that we, we, we do to keep ourselves small, to keep ourselves separate, but that's how we've been conditioned. So even within our communities, we have these little microcosms of, of, of like the same thing that's going on in the macro. We have the micro that's still going on in the, in the macro because we learn all that stuff. So we do that within our own communities. And I, I saw that like growing up a lot too, where I would be treated differently maybe, or just highly sexualized by, by older men and stuff. Like it's just so fucked up. Hmm. How can you, can you talk about that a little bit? Being sexualized by gross ass old men? Sure. 
Yeah. Men always looked at me in a way that I knew was inappropriate. Like my dad would introduce me and then they, like when he wasn't looking, they would just look at me in a way that I didn't like and I didn't understand. And it really fucked me up. Like it really fucked me up because I, I didn't know like, do I, this, this is what I do with men. Like I, and I learned how to almost like use my body and my sexuality as a weapon, you know? Um, because just because of being sexualized and I knew how to, to do certain things to get what I wanted. And I, and I never really like had, like my dad never really never was like, don't do that or don't, or like boundaries. Like I didn't know what boundaries were, you know? So then growing up, I just didn't know like, oh, I could say no. I could say no to this man if I, if I don't want it. So yeah. And I think too, there's like this thing with black women too, where we're fetishized and like, I've experienced that too, you know, where it's like, oh, well, you're a black girl. It's like, yeah, at a, at a very young age, I was definitely, I felt like I was introduced to sex too early. But I also knew at age five that I was interested in women. I didn't know what it was. You know, I just knew that there was like this feeling where I was like, I want you to spend the night and I feel a certain way. <laughs> Yeah. Aww. Yeah. So yeah. So I knew early on, but I just feel like some of the things that I knew about my body was like way too early. Like having, I remember having like orgasms at like probably like, I want to say like seven, you know? And that's like really, really early. And I just remember like having these, that, that feeling. And I was like, what is that? And then I would try to get it back, not knowing like, okay, usually when you're done, like that's it. And I was like, I'm trying to get it back. That feeling. I didn't know what it was. I just remember it felt really good in my body. You know, it felt really, really good in my body. Um, but I just feel like I shouldn't have known stuff that was inappropriate. Like looking at it now as an adult, I'm like, that was not okay. Or just being taken advantage of by my men. I remember that happened to me when I was like 17. Some older, I don't know, it was probably like in his 30s or something like that. But like totally manipulated me into, you know, giving him a blowjob. And I didn't want to. I, I like, I didn't want to. And it was like he said stuff like, oh, I guess you're not mature enough. Or you're not this. And because I didn't really learn like boundaries and like, fuck you. I was like, oh, I guess I have to do this thing. I feel like so many of my so much of my young sexual experiences happen because of that. <laughs> yeah. Right. Where it's like, you're totally just like bullied into this thing. And as a woman, I mean, you're programmed from an early age to like, it's okay. Like even like when a little boy or whatever hits you, you're like, Oh my God, he totally likes you. He likes you. See, it's okay. He likes you. That means a boy likes you when they're abusive as fuck. It means that they like you. So we go, Oh yeah. Hey, Sure, hit me, beat it up, do what you got to do. Because that means you love me. <laughs> but yeah, yeah, I think a lot of a lot of my sexual experiences were just like kind of bullied into it or manipulated into it when I didn't really want to. And I've had to do a lot of just root chakra healing and clearing because just, you know, letting people in my body that I didn't want. You know, and now as an adult, just realizing like it wasn't meaningful. And then like when I actually started to have like emotionally attached sex, I was like, oh, this is what I've been wanting the whole time, you know, and respecting my body and saying no. And, you know, yeah, really waiting to have like some form of connection with somebody emotionally before I share myself mm. because my body, a lot of people don't look at sex as like 
as sacred, but it is. It's like the sacred spiritual act and we should treat our bodies as such. To let somebody touch you, to let somebody enter you is not, it's not just as flipping like, whatever, why are we doing that? That's why so many people are fucking unhappy and just going around fucking everybody, but also like doing a bunch of drugs and drinking on top of that to try to fill some void rather than just like sitting with yourself, figuring out what you need and, and going from there. You know, we need emotional attachments and to treat ourselves with respect. Sex is such a spiritual, beautiful, connected um, experience. It's almost like you're experiencing God. I think that's also why I really love having sex with women and being with women because I think a woman's sexuality is so powerful and so potent and so taboo and so, you know, not talked about because it is powerful. I think women in general, I mean, we are the life givers, you know, everything comes from our womb. So when you get two women together and they have the permission to just unleash, it's like an animal. Like I always see wolves as women. I know there's male wolves, but I, every time I think of a wolf, I always think of a woman, like that kind of female primal, but also maternal energy. And two women together, I'm just, you know, especially when you find the right, not the toxic, because <laughs> I've had that, you know, but right now just like having somebody where it's very connected and seen and it, it really is like experiencing God, whatever that means. It doesn't have to be like a person. It's just God presence. You know, this omnipresence, this thing that we all are. It's not some guy in the sky that's like, I will smite you because I'm jealous. I'm like, that's something that some white dude made up to scare us all. God presence is, is love. It's, 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 it's in all of us. It's light. It's this warmth. It's this hope. It's, it's, it's compassion. You know, that's the God presence. It's, it's not this other bullshit. So when you experience it and you have somebody that sees you, it's like literally time stands still or you just become extremely present. And it's animalistic and it's primal, but it's also very soft and nurturing. It's crazy. And a lot of people don't like to talk about female sexuality because it is. I mean, like think about how they used to try to treat hysteria mm-hmm. <laughs> by giving women like these orgasms and shit. It was just a form of oppression, you know? Women were never allowed to express themselves sexually. And if it was, it was for the male gaze. Like if you watch porn, it's all this like crazy ass shit. I was like, bitch, if you slap my shit or try to jackhammer me, I'm gonna punch your mom in the face for birthing such nonsense into the world. You know what I'm saying? Like get the fuck out of here. Like all this crazy shit that men are learning in the porn industry, it's, it's warping their minds of like what women want. You know, it's like, you can't just like ram it in there. You can't just like shove it in my ass. You know what I mean? You gotta, these are actors, they're professionals. Like they know what to do, just like what we do as actors. You know, you think it's real, but it's just us doing what we do and how we know how to do it to get into it, you know? But in real life, we gonna need a little warm up. You're gonna have to get us in the mind first. You're gonna have to pay attention to our body. You can't just be like, boom, 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 boom. Stop trying to beat shit up. Stop trying to tear shit up. Stop trying to hurt me. Stop trying to make me gag on your dick because it's so big that you are hurting me. You're hurting me. You're hurting my body, you know? And so that's why I hate what the porn industry has, has done as far as for men. You have to be more conscious. It's two people. It's not just about you. Not that all men are like that. But I think, you know, just the porn industry in general has warped their minds into what what women want. And yeah, sometimes we want it like that too. Yes, do it. But when I tell you to, maybe or feel my body out if I'm grabbing you a certain way or whatever like listen to me listen to my body and that's why I think it's going back to just having sex with women because it is all about that it's about feeling each other out and what what the person wants and what they like it's it's a whole just like dance um not that you can't have that with a man 
I mean, I have had two partners, there are men that I was like, you can put it anywhere, you know, <laughs> just because of how it was so much about me and our connection. And it wasn't just this one-sided, like, let me just get it in mm, 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 and be done. It was like, what do you want? They took their time with me. And it's like, even, I even like, you know, doing the thing with them. Uh, because normally it, I feel like blowjobs could be like such a degrading thing, but I was like obsessed, you know? And it was only because of how they were treating me and my body and respecting me. And I was like, this is how it should be, you know? And just even getting like tantric sex and just breathing. Like try that shit, like try something new with your partner. So I just think, man, this is what I want. 2020, yo, let's just no labels. Everybody gets to be in their own sexuality. Everybody gets to be an individual. Everybody has enough money. We all go on vacations. Um, you know, women have the rights to their bodies. Uh, men have the right to their bodies. And everybody just shuts the fuck up and loves each other. Cool? Thank you. Bye. Done. Done. That sounds so nice. I mean, shit. I, I, hey, Donald Trump can do it. Anyone can do it. <laughs> so what things have you done? You talked about doing the work to uh, be more okay with yourself, be in your body, be healthy. Well, what types of things have you done? A, a cool thing that I've done that, you know, maybe people can use too is, you know, where is that voice coming from, right? Um, whose voice is that, right? When, when we're saying those things in our head, like, oh, you're a fucking piece of shit and you're fat and gross. Well, who's that, whose voice is that? Okay, it's my stepdad's, right? So you give it back to that person. And that's the thing that I've been doing too, where I give it back to whoever gave it to me. You know, as it's happening, I'm like, I'm a sentient, beautiful being of light and love. This is your shit. And I give it back. And it usually helps for it to go away. Or what I've done, which has been really cool too, is when I have a fear, like for me, joy equals death. <laughs> happiness equals death. So anytime I'm in a state of joy or happiness, I automatically feel like I'm going to die. It's a thing. So yeah, it's crazy, you know, but that's just childhood. Like I grew up like being happy or enjoy and then it being ripped away from me. So it's just conditioned, learning the conditioned mind, right? And so another thing that I've been doing when that happens, when the feelings of doom or something bad is going to happen, I just say to myself, you know, thank you for your service. I know you're here to protect me, but you could actually just like, you could rest. You could just like take a chill because like we're safe right now. Okay. I think bottom line is I started having a very personal, deep, profound relationship with myself. The one that I wanted outside of myself, like with my ideal partner, I started having that with myself, taking myself on on dates, talking to myself, loving myself. The, the days that I'm like, you're gross and disgusting and you'll never make it and all those other things that I'd say to myself, those are the days where I'd love myself even harder, you know? So instead of staying in, I was like, okay, I see what you, I, do you want to go for a walk? Do you want to go get some ice cream? Do you want, you know, just really having that, like I said, deep, profound relationship with myself that I wanted outside of me. Because I was always looking outside. I was always looking outside. And, you know, I always say just external validation leads to internal depreciation. Like you lose your value if you're constantly looking for something outside of yourself. So I really just started going inward and like looking at everything and all the things that I hated and having, having conversations with my mom and my dad like things that we hadn't dealt with. Because like I said, like in the beginning of this, like that's where the healing starts of having those conversations. And so I just decided to commit to myself and 
speak my truth, even if it scares me, you know, say what I have to say and not worry about how it's received, but who, who gives a fuck? Because this is what the truth is and how they take it is how they take it. But I have to always, I have to, I have to speak it. And so when I started doing that, things really started to change. Like I started to attract people that were healthier for me. I wasn't attracting women who were like broken and you might help because that was like my role. It's like, I got this. Oh, you want to be codependent? Oh, you gonna make me chase you? Oh shit, you emotionally unavailable? Give it to me. That's what I love. Ooh, shit. You getting out of a bad relationship? Come on, come on with it. Come on, come over here. You know? <laughs> you know, so I started, you know, it's like once you start doing the inner work, right? Your outer world starts to reflect your inner world. So I started to attract people that were healthier, men and women you know, that the healthy uh, uh, reflection of, of what the healthy divine masculine and divine feminine were. And I was like, wow, this is so amazing. Um, but I really just had to start doing the work and it's daily. It's like, it's a daily thing. And even with the person I'm seeing now, just always being honest with her and like saying the things and rather than like, oh, I don't want to say because maybe this will happen. Because if you grew up in trauma, you're always five steps ahead or behind because you need to know you need to know like what's going to happen. You have to plan for this, or that, right? All of these, these scenarios. And so I've had to learn with her to like really stop and let it go and lay it down. And she even told me, she's like, you've got to lay that shit down. Like you got to at some point. And I'm like, yeah, it's a control thing. <laughs> You're a grown ass woman. Um, right. So it's, it's, and I love it too, because it's, it's all, it's a whole new pro it's a whole new world for me in a way where I'm, I'm like, oh, this is an actual healthy like relationship. This is like an actual thing, and I'm, and 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 being open in communication. But it's only because I've done that work to attract this type of person. Because I wasn't ready for it. If I attracted like two years ago, I would have been like, I don't know what to do with this. this is healthy? Like you care about me. <laughs> You're not like being abusive to me in any way or treating me like shit. I don't understand it. So, and then you just start attracting like these opportunities or or people, or just even this opportunity to speak out and talk, you know what I mean? It's, it's, it's all a part of it. It's all part of the process, but you just, you've got to do that inner work with yourself. I'm always, I'm such a huge advocate of really having that relationship with yourself and your inner child, because your inner child is like begging to be loved and nourished and nurtured. Because every time you say no, every time you say this or that, or, you know, are self-deprecating, you're like literally abusing that child again, you know, you're literally doing it again. So you know, it's, if, if you want to change, it's going to be hard. It's going to be a motherfucker. Spiritual awakening isn't all namaste and chai tea and fucking green. Tea. It's not all of that stuff. It is like the shit. It's the fuck. It's the, I hate you. It's, a, ah! you know, it's all of that stuff all at once. And the joy and the love, you know, that you start to feel from yourself. It's all of that. You're just in this like whirlwind of like fuckery. And then you have these moments where you're like, oh shit, but those moments are so clear and so beautiful. And it's just the stepping stone of you releasing everything that wasn't yours, that was placed on you, these opinions, these, you know, uh, yeah, these opinions, these suggestions or whatever that were just placed on you from somebody else, from their own trauma, because they didn't know what to do with it. Now you're dealing with their shit too, carrying on this false narrative. That, that was never yours to begin with. Because kids never never have the mantra of I am enough because they know that they are. They, the, the kids aren't walking around being like, I am enough, I am enough, I am enough, and I'm worthy. Kids are never doing that. They're just like, I already am, right? But it's always us going back to that, <laughs> like trying to get back to that inner child of like who you were before the world fucked you up, you know? And if we start doing the deep, like, excavation and like investigative work you start seeing like oh this isn't even mine that's not mine that's not mine 
Start giving that shit back and clearing it out. But it's hard. People don't want to change. It's hard. Like you want to start going on this journey. I was like, fuck, did I really ask for this? Because I started having panic attacks, started dealing with a lot of anxiety, but also the anxiety like led me to a place of love and happiness and, and, and joy too. Like I want to write a book about my anxiety because I'm like, if I didn't start having all that, those panic attacks and shit back in January, it wouldn't have opened me up in a way that I've never experienced where I had to like rely on people. I had to really open up to people. Like it was really quite magical and kind of led me to happiness in a way that I never experienced before because it humbled my ass I had to surrender because anxiety is just you know it's it's fear right that's all it really is if we're going to label it we're either operating from a place of fear or love and it's just fear and what would happen is oh I'm happy things are starting to happen I'm, you know I attracted this beautiful being that like sees me and loves me and cares for me and, like encourages me and it's all healthy oh my god no something's gonna happen oh my god i just got this audition for this oh i just booked this role oh oh my god something bad's gonna happen you know it's just it's just the conditioned mind it's like we get the thing that we want and then we like want to fuck it up or manage our hopes yeah right right so i think it's just you whatever works for you and that's why i tell my students too i'm like yo whatever works for you like figure out what works for you figure out who you are you know, I know for me, it's like just having affirmations. Like, okay, I'm feeling the fear. Why? Why? Oh, because I'm happy. Okay. Well, guess what? You deserve happiness. You deserve joy, blah, blah, blah. And then it starts to sort of change. But you have to ask the questions rather than just accepting what is. And I think that's even just going back to what's happening now. We've accepted what is for so long rather than asking questions of like, why is this okay? Why is systemic racism okay? Why is why is a violation of a woman's body okay? Why 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 do white people get to do this versus black people, brown people? Why like why we haven't questioned any of that shit, right? We just sort of said, well, this is just what it is, you know. This is what it is. But then when we started questioning, we started digging, we started going, oh, <laughs> all of this is fucked up. All of this is fucked up, and this shit needs to be changed, you know. So start doing that with yourself. Ask why, why do I act this way? Why do I talk to myself this way? Why do I view the world this way? Why do I think everything's against me? Because nothing is against you, it's always for you. Even when it feels like it's against you, it is for your ass. It's maybe uh, d redirecting you in a certain way, but you don't know because you have this tunnel vision of like what your life should be like. This is what your life is right now. Accept it for what it is right now, you know? And then keep moving because you have no idea what, if this thing might take you to the next thing, you know? So I think it's, I think it's just us, I don't know. I just feel like we gotta get out of the, the whole like tunnel vision and this is how it should be and just leave yourself open to experience life. Stop controlling it. I think life is just, it's, it's to be experienced. You know, it's not do, 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 we gotta, whoa, blah, 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 ah. It's like just being the experience of it. The ups and downs, it's a hero's journey, right? Like you're gonna have victories along the way. Like I, I like games. I don't know if you're a gamer, you know, but I yes, like, I yeah, right. So I feel like I feel like I feel like we're in like Fable or something. I don't, that was like one of my favorite games, Fable. And you know, you're just you're on this fucking quest, right? And you're like you're upgrading, you're getting your HP points up and shit. Where you can buy certain things, and there's people along your quest that are like giving you tools and stuff, and 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 you have these defeats and these victories. And then you're also when you have your old tools, you're able to kind of like give it to somebody else that might need it, you know. So it's just this. I feel like it's just this met mass like hero's journey that we're on and um and to just experience it explore it and, and we do it one way as a good person and then we do it the other way as a bad person <laughs> that's when we come back in our in our next life right it's all an experience right it's just it's all an experience and 
I think if we just allowed ourselves to just be in the experience, even when it sucks, we're like, this is awful. Like people are dying. There's all, let yourself want to wait. There's been times where I've just cried, like as if I lost my children and I haven't lost anybody, but it feels like that. I feel like a mom who has lost her children. I'm like crying for the world and that's okay too. It's like, let yourself have your feelings. If you want to heal yourself, if you want to heal, you have to allow yourself to have all of your feelings and not be like, everything's cool. And that's where things got fucked up here too. Cause it's like, oh, everything's cool. Or pop this pill or take this. And nobody's getting their mind right. You know, mental illness mm -hmm. is something that people don't want to talk about either. Anxiety, depression. Motherfuckers are out there killing themselves. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, it's like taking taking a pill to manage the the symptoms of the illness and the actual treatment of the illness is getting in there. Yes, yeah. That's that that is exactly who was I talking about? I was like, you know, we've always kind of been just treating the symptoms versus going for the cure. And I feel like 2020 has just been about going for the cure and like getting in there, not just treating the symptoms. And that's why it sucks right now. And it hurts and it's painful. We're going through emotional growing pains. I mean, think about when you went through puberty, your body hurt, you didn't know what was happening. Hair was coming out. You were smelling different ways. Right. But it was in order for you to what, to grow up, to be an adult. If you never went through those growing pains, you wouldn't have grown up to be an adult. So right now, collectively, we're going through these emotional growing pains and it fucking hurts. It's excruciating, but it's necessary for us to get to the next level you know that's just what it is and once you accept it where you're like fuck this is just it's gonna be a, it's gonna be a bitch and it's gonna hurt but it's also gonna be amazing because this is where it's gonna take me and even in your own personal life it's gonna hurt but that second of pain or hour or whatever is gonna be worth it's a, it's gonna be worth the lifetime of joy and love that you feel after that let, let yourself go into it and people don't want to so we do everything to avoid it you know we do everything to avoid it Whatever, whatever it is where we drink, we smoke, we have sex, we, you know, whatever, whatever it may be to kind of distract us from what it is that we really just need to allow ourselves to feel because as quickly as it comes, it goes. And even as a teacher, I always tell my students, I'm like, dude, it feels like a lot, but as quickly as it comes, it goes. And it does. It's like, oh my God, my heart. And then it's done, you know, but people, mm -hmm. they, they don't even want to have that, right? They're too afraid to go there. But the thing is we have the absolute power yeah i harbored such a fear of being broken and it being unlovable because i was broken yeah for so long yeah right and that it mm -hmm. shouldn't it shouldn't be that way it's like you were broken somebody broke you but that wasn't your fault you know and i think we we take it on because especially if it happened at an early age like kids are so egocentric they think it's all about them right so it's just like of course you take it on as like well it was my fault when it really wasn't and it doesn't mean that you're unlovable. It just means like some shit happened to you and it's okay and it wasn't your fault and this is for the healing. What is that? What is that that saying of like, what happened to you wasn't your fault, but healing is your responsibility, you know? Mm -hmm. and, and we forget that, that it is our responsibility to heal because we didn't ask for that. It wasn't okay, but we don't have to continue the story or continue the narrative, continue the abuse that we experienced, you know? And it's okay to be fucked up. Like we were all fucked up, like all of us. The majority of us like ha had some form of trauma and why aren't we talking about that why is it such a secret why is it so taboo mm -hmm. that's not and that's once again that is our society keep them scared keep them medicated we make money off them we make money off their insecurities we make money off their fears we make money off their their traumas you know they're they're they profit off of our pain turn your pain into profit flip that shit around you know and tragedies are treasures, man. 
And I'm saying, so I was just like, but that's what, that's what they've done. So of course we have this shame and like, we can't talk about it. And we just like take this little pill and hope that nobody knows that I'm suffering. Nobody mm. should suffer. Nobody should be suffering or going in the bathroom and crying silently, you know, because I don't want anybody to know because it's such a shameful thing to cry. We apologize. I'm so sorry. I'm crying. Why? So mm. what? You know, cry, laugh, howl, do whatever you want. And if, you know, if you, if you want it, you're going to have to like go to the absolute depths, the abyssal, <laughs> go into your own marina trench, <laughs> you know, go all, go all the way because otherwise nothing's going to change. You know, whatever got you here isn't going to take you there. So you got to, you got to figure something else out. And now is like the perfect time to do it. Yeah. It's like, oh, I'm witnessing it and being a part of it and feeling myself evolve. And I remember being mad as a kid thinking I was born in the wrong time because nothing cool happened. Yeah. And it's like, oh, wow. Like, <laughs> you know, now you, now you have everything like a pandemic, a revolution. <laughs> I'm like, you <laughs> You're getting too much. You're getting involved. He's like, man, nothing cool ever happens for me. The universe is like, just you wait. I got a little treat for your ass. Just you wait. 2020, girl. 2020. And I love how everybody's like, 2020 is going to be my year. 2020. Oh, 2019 was so crazy. Final thoughts. Final mic drop moment. Final words of wisdom. You know, I think the thing that's just coming to me is, just take care of your heart. Open your heart in a new way. Allow yourself to feel everything. Let your heart break into something new. Have compassion for yourself. It all starts with you. It starts with you and it ends with you. And that will bleed out to the world. I know it will sound selfish, but it's not. It's having that love and compassion and forgiveness for yourself. You know, and just be aware, <laughs> just be aware of, of your surroundings and how you can help other people and where you could be of service. Now's the time to do that. But yeah, just gentle as you go, gentle with your heart, gentle with your healing, you know, and just love, love, leave from a place of love. Thank you a trillion times to Tamara Perry for sharing with us today. I don't know how you do it, how you manage to make every single word just incredible but thank you bless you you can follow tam on instagram at t to the tam that is at t then the number two the tam thank you you the best black lives matter dirty girl is produced by me heather ann gottlieb along with cameron taggy tristan bankston and alex salem we are distributed by the hoo ha ha podcast network our logo was designed by Kevin Laughlin. You hear the shushing? You hear that? You like that? <sighs>